Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Hello, and thanks for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. As you likely have seen at some point, it's a pretty common complaint on the internet that we should all have jetpacks by now. The general gist is that if science and technology are so great, why are so many of us still stuck in traffic jams most mornings instead of zooming around on our own personal flying machines? For the next few weeks, with the help of a group of graduate students here at Washington University, Hold That Thought is going to be looking at this question. To be clear, we won't really be talking about jetpacks, but we will be talking about barriers to innovation because people on the internet are not the only ones who see a problem here. Graduate students, people who plan to devote their careers to the sciences, are also asking the question, where's my jetpack? Why does innovation take so long? To kick off our series, Rebecca Loudon, co-founder of the graduate student group Prosper, interviewed Kimberly Curtis, an assistant dean here at WashU. Prosper promotes science policy, education, and research. As you'll hear, a couple of years ago, Prosper started up a lecture series called Where's My Jetpack? In today's episode, Curtis and Loudon talk about the series, the creation of Prosper, and why it's so important for graduate students to get involved. I'm Rebecca Loudon. I'm one of the co-founders of Prosper. Prosper stands for WashU Graduate Students Promoting Science Policy, Education, and Research. Interestingly, we're kind of part of a national movement now. The National Science Policy Group uh, is an organization of about 30 groups like Prosper around the country who are interested in the same sorts of issues. And uh, so we think we've really tapped into a topic that graduate students at WashU care a lot about, but also other graduate students around the country who are scientists or um, grad students in public policy or law or medicine are also really, really care about these issues and how does science inform, uh, help inform public policy. So that, that's Prosper. And Prosper here at, at Washington University, uh, we have a signature event called Where's My Jetpack? And this is started in 2013. And Where's My Jetpack is a, a speaker series that explores innovation, uh, barriers to innovation, with the goal of transmitting to the general public, you know, why tangible progress and sort of things <laughs> are, are kind of slow to come from scientific research. It's a slow process, especially when you're starting at basic research to get to like a finished product. Why is that so frustratingly slow? And, and it, the bigger hope is that that kind of message is is understood on a you know a wider level the general public and taxpayers they'll be more understanding for like why we need to increase or at least maintain science research funding so that's the ultimate goal with where's my jetpack so i'm here with dean curtis do you want to introduce yourself sure Uh, So I'm Kimberly Curtis, and I'm Assistant Dean for Graduate Student Affairs in the Graduate School, and I advise PROSPER. Uh, I have been since 2012, um, and basically the founding of the group. And so my roles at the university are to basically work with um, students across the 
all of the graduate schools at WashU and uh, help them with leadership development, inclusion in campus activities, uh, the recent diversity initiatives, and then also professional development like groups uh, like Prosper that are looking into how to connect the research that's going on at the university and that they're involved in with these public policy issues, with the St. Louis community, and then also more broadly with even attendance at conferences in DC um, and, and national fellowships. So we're here today to talk about um, barriers to innovation. And Dean Curtis, why, why do you think this idea about understanding the barriers to innovation is something worthwhile and why is this interesting? Well, I think it's interesting uh, in that it's pushing ideas that other people may or may not have. For example, um, as scholars and as scientists, often new ideas are basically natural to you. You're investigating various things. Uh, you're doing research that can insert into an, a conversation, uh, pursue new knowledge. And so for the public and policymakers, that's not always an intuitive thing to think about what are new things that we can try? How can we change uh, the world in a sense? And so I think that exploring this topic through the Where's My Jetpack series and the Science Policy 101 and all of the different things that PROSPER does uh, is to kind of help raise awareness and push this idea of accepting change and being willing to, to think about different ways of solving uh, problems scientifically. Yeah, I really like that. I think the idea of raising awareness is something that has been on, on the minds of, of me and my co-founder since the beginning. Right. And I think the frustration that you mentioned of um, that both faculty and researchers have and certainly graduate students of why is the policy taking so long? And even in your own research, maybe why are the, the conclusions taking a while to reach? Um, I think that that also is something that that's interesting and relevant point. Yeah, I think that frustration is something that like scientists uniformly experience. And so it's interesting to have that communication with people who are not scientists. Right. So why do you think this message should come from graduate students specifically? Is there some advantage to that angle? I think certainly, especially at Washington University, because you're half of the, grad, of the student population, and you're in many ways working right alongside faculty to advance these types of, of research issues. So you can bring uh, that perspective of both studying it and then also becoming emergent scholars. And also you have a youth and an understanding of kind of awareness and acceptance of new things and just kind of new ideas. And so I think that it will help to promote the graduate students' activities and research at the university and then also as the next generation of people who will be going out into either public policy or scientific research, academic positions, et cetera. I think that it's really important for you all to, to take the charge in leading that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. It's good, it's good practice right? Right to have that interaction now. From my perspective as a graduate student in the sciences, to have that interaction now with, uh, with non-scientists who have questions about your research and what you do. As a student in the genetics department, Whenever I say I study genetics, I get a lot of people who are really concerned about policies that are, are taking place about genetics, things like, oh, is it okay to have kids with three parents and things like right. that? And, and it's, it's kind of, so that, that's a really interesting perspective. And I agree. I think it is important that this message comes from grad students. And we might talk about this a little more later, but it's good training for us to have this kind of exposure. So 
I think we agree this is a great message in general and it's great for grad students to be carrying this message. But So I'm, I'm curious the impacts you see. The Where's My Jetpack speaker series has been going for about two years now. Right. And Prosper's been going just a little longer than that. I'm curious the impacts you see about our attempt to push this conversation about discussing why there are barriers to innovation. Have you seen impacts among uh, the WashU community or among the administration, or how, how has that manifested itself? Well, I think one of the interesting things about the Jetpack series is that it's bringing uh, faculty together with students across disciplines and across schools at, at WashU who are in graduate and professional programs. You mentioned law, uh, medicine, biology and biomedical sciences, and political science maybe even going forth. Uh, so I think that it's increasing conversations beyond the labs or the principal investigators you might be working with uh, most specifically, and then getting the faculty's research out there to a broader audience of graduate students in all kinds of disciplines who may not even know what they're working on, and in a way that allows the layperson, the non-scientist like myself, to kind of understand these issues and feel comfortable learning about them and talking about them. So I think that that's a has been a good thing, and I think also the career development piece is wonderful um, in terms of you as student leaders planning and cohering something as innovative as this series that has spilled over into a YouTube channel and now this podcast. Um, I think that those that impact has been really good. Yeah, well, that's that's great to hear. So as you know, the the Where's My Jetpack series sort of formed out of a the Clinton Global Initiative University commitment that my co-founder and I and a couple other Prosper members made in 2014. Right. I think. So. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, and, and one of our stated goals was to have this open communication with the public and to get, as well as the cross-disciplinary communication within WashU. So I, I guess moving on, uh, Let's talk a little bit more about Prosper and especially uh, how it enables career development. From where I'm standing, I see this movement, uh, this kind of self-organization of graduate students across the country who are concerned about prospects after graduation. And and, uh, and all grad students, uh, but particularly in the sciences, or at least that's what I know the most about, who are concerned about this. And they've sort of self-organized their own groups, similar to Prosper, sometimes with different emphasis, to you know make sure we're prepared for that next step and the experiential career development aspect that Prosper's trying to incorporate over the next couple years, I think, is, I think, a really interesting idea. And I wonder if that's, I mean, almost innovation in career development. I would agree. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it'll be, it'll be, I'm excited to see how that model moves forward at WashU and if it's possible to clone that to another <laughs> right. location. Right. I think that's an excellent point, especially as people are trying to get a bit more creative in terms of career opportunities in the sciences and also broadly. And especially at WashU and in St. Louis, they're starting to be an entrepreneurship connection with the people in the sciences. So I think that that's important. Yeah. Well, I guess just a little more explicitly, how do you feel PROSPER specifically enables students' career development? Well, I think as, as student leaders, you're on the forefront of kind of learning about 
professional development and engaging in it. So with your three or four years now of experience doing that, um, you're planning events, but you're also assessing what's going on with them, What, how can we connect with our members, and how can we make this uh, something that goes beyond the years at WashU. So I think that that's uh, one of the things. And then also for your members, they're learning how to interact with people outside of their labs and outside of the classroom to discuss these issues and get engaged in national conversations, and not just the specific ones that, that they're engaged in the research for. I think that things like that, you're broadening your members' experiences at the university. You know, we do try and, and bring in the specific science policy education, but you're right, just the act of being a student leader or being a member of one of these groups in itself is broadening your experience, and that's not really unique to Prosper. You know, so that's that's a feature of really any student group on campus. And I know sometimes, especially as a graduate student, it's so easy to get so sucked into your research and just right. kind of shut out everything else and ignore all the, you know, the GPC emails and other grad right. student groups going on. But they are really valuable, um, even if you just pick one and, and just are a member. I mean, I, I think that's that's a valuable, valuable thing. Right. And, and, you know, career development, which everyone needs more of these days, right. I think. <laughs> So what, what have you seen as the biggest obstacle to prosper, uh, either in getting started a few years ago, or what's our biggest op- obstacle going forward? It's kind of two questions, so right. whichever part of that you think. So I think that you've done an incredible amount of, st- of things well. What an obstacle would be, and it's probably not unique to prosper, but at least in terms of your community engagement, it's trying to figure out how do you connect with people outside of campus. Mm-hmm. So to go th- go forth with advertising, not just at libraries and the associations that you're a part of, the ethical society, but how do you figure out how to engage that community, bring them to the university, make them feel welcome? I think that you've, you've gotten there, but I think that that would be a challenge to try to to strategize and figure out how to do that. Right, to maintain those connections. Right. That we have made. Right. right. Yeah, that, that is a tricky thing as a grad student group because we're made for graduate students. But so much of our, our message and what we care about concerns more than just grad, graduate students, concerns right. the entire St. Louis community, and we really do want to connect with them, you know, I mean, there's the logistics like advertising, but there's also, you're right, like this more subtle, how do you just make that kind of almost personal connection with a, with a whole community? It's a right. really difficult thing. So Dean Curtis, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the Where's My Jetpack series and how we look at barriers to innovation and how Prosper enables students' career development. Where do you see Prosper going maybe in the next year, two years, five years, hopefully, we're still a student group. Right. I think I see you going more towards the experiential learning process. So I know that there are a number of either companies or um, centers around the the St. Louis area um, that you could possibly become a part of where more of your members are getting hands-on experience beyond the university. So I think that that trajectory can continue. Um, and I think 
along with the Jetpack series and then more participation that you're having, that will also help you to get out there and connect with like-minded groups and even advance them um, at other universities. Yeah, so hands-on experience, maybe in science communication for uh, right. for some local company or something like that. Right. So something that leverages the grad students' knowledge base, but really helps them make kind of a career transition. Right. right? Yeah, well, that really sounds exciting, and I'm excited to see where Prosper goes. I'm so thankful, Dean Curtis, that you are one of our advisors. It's been really Great to work with you over the past few years. Oh, it's been great to work with you as well, and congratulations on the successes so far. Many thanks to Rebecca Loudon and Kim Curtis for joining Hold That Thought. For many more ideas to explore, please visit holdthatthought.wusdl.edu. Be sure to come back in the coming weeks as members of Prosper interview scientists about barriers to innovation. To keep up with the latest, follow Hold That Thought on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening.